Welcome to the As We Go podcast, where we explore God, faith, scripture, and everything in between when it comes to this messy life. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at worship. Is our worship God-focused or us-focused? Don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss any of the content. And now for today's episode. What's going on, guys? Will DelVal here, and wow, look at us back again, the As We Go podcast, episode number two. And I just have to say, thank you to all of you who just have been so supportive. Oh, man, I sent the first one out kind of on a whim. Um, I was like, hey, we're going to start a podcast. And then maybe only Sharon will be the only one who sees it. And the text messages, the the messages, the calls, the, the in-person conversations that of so many of you who are just so supportive and watched or listened, I cannot thank you guys enough i'm just so excited to be doing this and so excited that we are doing this together and right our goal really is to just look at scripture with fresh eyes whether it's the first time or we're we're revisiting it and just say like hey man how do we do this faith thing together um i ain't gonna lie i'm doing this all this podcasting stuff is unscripted i'm just kind of giving you my raw thoughts yeah i'm talking about maybe some messages i've given or some content that i've thought about but it's all scripted. I'm not reading a script. There's no notes anywhere. There's there's some marks in my Bible of things I think I'm going to talk about. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be perfectly honest with this one, which I was as the last one too. Um, I already tried to record a different version of episode two a few minutes ago. And I was talking about controlling the tongue. Uh, this idea of where, you know, just a couple days ago, I was giving a talk on the power of the tongue, what we talked about in episode one, that there's death and life and the power of the tongue and how in Matthew 12, Jesus is telling the Pharisees, telling the, the, the religious leaders, hey, you know, we will be judged for every careless word we use. And I was talking about just losing control. Instantly after giving that talk, I lost control of my tongue. Like I lost control of like I, someone frustrated me. And after I, after I was just talking about words, Instantly, I lost control, and I had to. And there, I'm think, sitting there thinking, "Oh, well, you already messed up, and you just gave a talk on words." I mean, so many of you who were talking to me were telling me, "Hey, I love that talk on words and the power of them, but it's really hard to control the tongue." Yeah, it reminds me of what Uncle Ben says to Peter Parker in all the Spider-Man movies and comics: "With great power comes great responsibility." Man, that is what it is when it comes to our language, that we should not be using it carelessly. And and James in chapter 3 talks about the tongue, and he talks about, you know, if we can control our tongue, we'd be perfect. And he says this in verse 5, how a great force is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. And I was just like, oh, that's like the perfect picture because fire is really powerful and, and amazing, but very uncontrollable. I remember this this moment where one time I was trying to light a fire pit for a youth group thing I was doing. We we're going to have some s'mores and we were at a leader's house and he has this fire pit outside. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to light the fire pit. And I couldn't find matches anywhere. I'm looking all through his house for like a lighter and, and matches. I couldn't find them. So I had this brilliant will idea. I'm going to get a bunch of paper towels and roll them together, make it really long. I'm going to go to his stove. I'm going to just light the flame a little bit, just like the tip of the paper towels. And I'm going to book it as fast as I can to this fire pit so that we can light this fire pit. Um, it made sense in my head. 
so then as I am rolling up this paper towel, I go to the stove, I have it on like the super low setting, and I just like the tip of the the uh, the paper towels is really small. This is enough that they kind of smoked a little bit. You saw a little bit of the flame. And as I started to run outside to go down the deck stairs all the way across the yard to the fire pit, I didn't even make it out the door. The second I turned, this paper towel just woof, just engulfed in flames. And now I'm running with this paper towel and it is just on fire. And I'm running down this wooden deck and my I'm, there's embers flying everywhere and paper towel just in shreds. And it was a ball of flame. I was terrified. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm screaming as I'm running out the house. Burned my leg hair. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Needless to say, I did not make it to the fire pit. And eventually the leader came and we found matches and it was it was a great time um but i realized just wow how uncontrollable fire can be and that's what james is saying when it comes to our tongue how if we don't use it well if we're not careful with our words it can be like a fire that's out of control all that to say that's what i was gonna talk about and as i was just talking about it i started my my wavelength went on a completely different i just went somewhere else um a couple uh, uh, last week at church, I was getting ready to lead worship, and I was just I was on a run, and I was just praying and, and listening to sermons and listening to scripture. Uh, I do that on runs if I run solo, and I was listening about the Book of Revelation. And some people think, oh man, that is a scary book. We shouldn't, that book, oh man. And then all these questions like, are we in the end times now? And all this stuff. And let me tell you, listen, are we in the end times now? This is how time works. We're only getting closer to the end, not farther away, whatever that means. And we're not getting into that. But I'm, I'm just he, reading Revelation. And I don't know if you've ever read the book of Revelation, but it's crazy. There is just all these pictures and symbolism and literal things. And oh, it's just, it's just insane. It's a crazy, crazy book. Um, but in Revelation chapter four, it talks about the throne of heaven. Um, and I feel like I need to read it. And let's just see what we get out of it. But I think it's just really, really important. So to give you some background, there's this man named John who followed Jesus around when Jesus was on the earth for a couple of years. You know, he, or he was on the earth for more than a couple of years, but John was with him for a few years. And Jesus discipled him and he and John loved Jesus and Jesus loved John and Jesus resurrects. He goes back to heaven, goes to the Father, he sends into heaven. And now years later, John has a vision. And he records it in Revelation 4. Let me read this to you. And I'm gonna try not to stumble through, but try and stay with me. Revelation chapter 4. After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which i heard speaking to me like a trumpet said come up here and i will show you what must take place after this at once i was in the spirit and behold a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne and he who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of emerald and around the throne were 24 thrones and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their head and from the th throne came flashes of light Lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder and before the throne were burning seven torches of fire which are the seven spirits of god and before the throne there was as it were a sea of glass like crystal and around the throne on each side of the throne 
are four living creatures, full of eyes in the front and behind. And the first living creature like a lion, and the second living creature like an ox, and the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an angel in flight, or an eagle in flight. Verse 8, And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who was seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who was seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created i don't even know what to do with that chapter sometimes i i've read this chapter in our church from the stage i've read it you know to our youth group i i i read this book often because actually in revelation chapter one it actually says Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it for the time is near. And when I read Revelation chapter four, what we just read, you can almost picture it, this throne and there's, there's a rainbow around the throne and there's, there's thunder and there's lightning and there are these 24 other thrones and they're around this main throne and, and there's someone living on it and he's the one who lives forever, the living one. And then all of a sudden it starts describing these four creatures that have that one looks like an eagle and one looks like the face of a man and the other one like an ox and the other a lion and they have these six wings and there's eyes all around them and with, with all around them they're just around the throne and day and night they never cease to say holy 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 is the lord god almighty who was and is to, and is to come what would you do if you saw that, that here are these beings just shouting how holy God is. And then there's these 24 elders who are just bowing down as, as this is being proclaimed. That's wrecked me this week. This, I talked about it last Sunday at our church. Um, that following Saturday, I'm at, a, I'm at a conference and they mentioned this. This past Monday, I was at another conference and they talked about this passage. And, and in the midst of this worship, I could not stop myself from saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. So why am I reading this? What is the point? Well, I don't know if you know what holy means, but holy means to be set apart, to be not, to be different to be in a different group and it's saying god is holy and he's set apart and he's sinless and he he was and he is and he is to come and it's talking about jesus that jesus was right well you can read about him in scripture we can read about him in history and then he is that right now he's alive and he's a living god and he's gonna come again and that's their worship that's what these angels are just saying, or these creatures are saying over and over again. They never cease. And this is real worship. And I started thinking about just what do we view as worship today in just society, even sometimes in the church, we get really big on having a me-focused faith. 
where we're like, hey, I need this, and God, you need to help me. And even some of the songs you sing, and I'm a worship leader, and I love singing songs. I love leading our church in worship. But so many times as I'm singing the songs, I can get convicted going, man, this is all about me. This is like, God, help me to have more faith. Help me to find healing. Help me. To, and God does want to do all that. And those are great prayers, and those are great songs, and we have examples of that in Scripture. But what gets me is, is it worship? And yes, it is a form of worship. But come on, how many times, for those of us who go to church, they were like, man, they're singing that song again. That's not the song I wanted to listen to. I was, I was hoping they'd sing, you know, this song. Or, oh, you know what? I wasn't really feeling the worship today. Or, you know, it wasn't that good. Or I really, you know, at that church, it's better. You can see how me-focused that is. Let me tell you, worship is not you. It's not about how you feel about the worship. It's about who we are worshiping, and it's God. And today, in society, it's all about us. Being comfortable, having convenience, being in the right setting and atmosphere so that we can worship great. And yes, it's, it, it's good you know, to have this, create an atmosphere where you feel you can worship. But are we doing this? Think about it. These creatures are saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come constantly, day and night, and they never cease to say it. That's the only thing they're singing. What would it look like if we would just sit and remember how holy God is and just sit and remember that Jesus was and is and is coming again? How would that change how we interact with each other See, today, I think in life, yeah, it can be such a me-focused society. We're so focused on our identity or we're so focused on how, how does the church benefit me or how do, or does the faith impact me? But it's really just about the person who was and is and is to come. And I'm, I'm just really convicted by that this week. That what would it look like if we just focused on God and who he is? You know, I, in Acts chapter 1, it talks about Jesus ascending into heaven. And it says, it says this. So then when they came together, and these are the disciples, they come together and they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he said these things, as they were looking, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into the heavens, and as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Right? In Acts 1, as Jesus ascends into heaven, these two angels stand before them, these two men in, in white robes, and say, hey, he's going to come back someday. Do we live each day living like, wow, he is the one who was and is and is to come? That Jesus is going to come back and restore everything? What would it look like if we lived every single day thinking he could come back today? He might come back tomorrow. And what would I want to be caught doing if he came back? I want to be like those creatures in Revelation 4 saying, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. 
but I think we've gotten too me focused. So I guess the question is, is how do we get God focused? Well, I think it's starting off our day saying, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come. That re, re, uh, gives us a lens to look at the world through that everything we're doing, we're doing it for the one who was and is and is to come. And I keep saying that verse, but that's what they keep saying every moment of every day and never stop ceasing. And the worship is all geared towards him. Today, my question for you is, where is your worship geared to? When, when it comes to faith, are you just looking about how you interact with it and, and how, how it benefits you? Or are you just trying to worship who God is? And maybe you're listening and you're like, whoa, this is over my head. I don't even know why we sing. I don't even know why we worship. I don't even know. Like, can't I just worship all the things out there? Like, can't it all be true? Think about what that says. Can it all be true? Truth is not relative. Truth can't be relative. It can't be like if, if it can't be where some people are looking at me and going, man, I think Will is a six foot tall white guy. Newsflash, I'm not. I'm a five four Puerto Rican. Um, you might if I if someone said to me, oh, well, I feel like you're a six foot white guy. That's how I view you. That's not true. And I can't say to them, oh, well, that's just true for you. No, it's not true. I'm not six foot and I'm not white. I'm Puerto Rican and I'm 5'4". And, um, you know, I, I, I'm terrible at basketball because I, I can't. I'm not that tall. It's not relative. So there has to be a truth out there. In John chapter 14, Jesus said in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is declaring in this moment that he is the truth. And he is the one worthy of our worship. He is the one who was and is and is to come. So in all that, and I know I'm probably being confusing and jumping around all over the place. Do you know who the truth is? Do you know the one who was and is and is to come? And if you do, are we worshiping him? And not just looking at what he can do for us, but just worshiping him because he is worthy of our worship and he is holy and set apart and he's different. He is sinless and he is in heaven and one day he's going to return for the saints, right? He's going to return for those who believed in him. And he says that no one comes to the father. No one can ever approach that throne if they don't know who Jesus is, if they don't know who the truth is, if they don't know the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is not a way to God. He's the way to God. He says so clearly, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So before you worship, before you pray, before any of us worship and pray, what if we just sat for a second and pictured that throne in Revelation chapter 4 and we pictured the, the, the rolls of thunder and the lightning and the creatures around saying, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And we're seeing this throne, we're seeing the people fall. And if you were at that throne, what would you say? What would you, what would you be like? Hey, you know, you know, God, help me just have a great day. No, what would be your real prayer? What would be the real way you worship? And let's bring that into the world. If we show the world that kind of worship, they'll realize how 
holy God truly is. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. This week, as you go through your week, will you think about that? Would you repeatedly say that out loud at different points in the day? And let's see what that does to our worship. Let's see what that does with how we interact. We want to control the tongue, right? If the tongue really is an uncontrollable fire that can cause chaos, what if we took what we our words and we turned them into praise and worship and we also joined in with those creatures in heaven talking and singing about how holy God is, remembering how holy God is and how Jesus is one day going to return and how he's a living God right now on the throne being worshiped. That will change our whole lives. That would change our outlook. And when I'm dealing with other people, when I'm dealing with those around me, I'm thinking about the one who was and is and is to come and how he would speak to them. When I'm having a bad day and I'm getting so frustrated, I'm losing, and I just want to use these, these terrible words or I'm just, getting, I'm just losing my cool. And I think about how holy God is and how he was and is and is to come. It would change my outlook. Because now I'm thinking, man, I'm just so excited that he's going to come back. And do I know him? Do I really know him? Am I telling other people about him? Am I telling other people about the real truth? That truth cannot be relative. And that doesn't make sense. There has to be a truth. It's not, if it's not, truth cannot be relative. There has to be a singular truth. It can't all be true or it means none of it's true. There is a truth and his name is Jesus and he was and he is and he is to come. He's coming back again. Do we know him? Do we worship him? Or is it all about me and what God does for me? today let's worship that god i'm telling you um i know this is not concise and probably all over the place i am very very aware of that and if you don't tune in episode three i get it but this podcast is meant to just journey through the scriptures and i can't ignore that this chapter for some reason just keeps coming to my mind keeps being told in front of me you want to be real people who worship. And if you have any questions, if you're out there and you're like, I have questions about who, who this, how do I know Jesus is true? Send me some questions. Maybe we'll talk about it. I would love that. If you just have some questions about the Bible that you want to go over, let, let's do that. I'll, I'll make some podcasts and videos. But if you had to listen, if you made it this far, the point of this all is when you worship, when you approach religion or faith, are you focused on you? Are you focused on the one who's holy, who was and is and is to come? Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe and see you next time.